Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. You're here to hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is from Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Uh, today, we are wrapping up our feature on the National Audio Theater Festival since now, this very minute, at least when the show was first recorded. Um, at the end of June here in 2009. Uh, there's National Audio Theater Festivals this week. It's happening down in West Plains, Missouri. I've been following the Hash Nata feed on Twitter, uh, which has mostly been the domain of Patience Wheeland, a.k.a. the Noir Dom. Uh, she's been giving us juicy bits of information on voiceover, microphone techniques, a um, bunch of other stuff. You can check that out. Uh, again, as of the end of June 2009, you can find it on search.twitter.com. Do a hash NATF to learn more. Uh, if you're a Twitter, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, don't sweat it. Um, we also have this report from the field. This is a care of Lance Axe recorded with a Zoom H2. It's the same device I used to record this show. He used it to record some field interviews and some other snippets from NATF. Um, I'll play for you right now, and then we'll get into our feature show. Greetings, listeners of Radio Drama Revival. This is Lance Roger Axe. I'm your man in the field here in West Plains, here in the Civic Center for the first day of the National Audio Theater Festival's 2009 Audio Theater Workshop. We have a great week planned with The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe, with Over There, the piece for our veterans overseas, and of course the opera about Charles Darwin. As previously mentioned on Radio Drama Revival, I will be Fred's man in the field providing you with updates, providing you with news and views, and a couple of interviews along the way. Things that'll make you want to say, hey, I want to come to this thing next year. So, welcome to the first update of the 2009 Audio Theater Workshop, NATF West Plains. It starts right now. Well, I'm here in the Civic Center right now with the NATF webmaster, and uh, as of a few weeks ago, our brand new secretary, yes, that's the basketball game going on in the background, here is Mr. Lucas Keppel, and Lucas, I got a question for you. What keeps you coming back to the NATF year after year? Well, the first thing is obviously the love of audio theater. I think it's the main drive for most of us, that passion for audio that just gets in your blood you know the first time i sat down and started doing some audio editing on a computer i just knew that this was not only is it fun but it's creative and it uses so much of everything here at natif there are so many connections i've learned so many new techniques um, i've learned all about um, how people in different parts of the country are using the skills that i i learned back in the day as well and, you know, I'd say back in the day, I'm one of the younger people here, so I can bring new, fresh ideas about how to use new technology. And there's one other great thing, that's something that Steve D'Onofrio brought up last night at our uh, welcome dinner, which is that every year, every single one of us learns something new. It doesn't matter if you're a participant or if you're a staff or if you're a teacher, if you've been doing this for 30 years or 40 years, somebody here always learns something new. That's absolutely right. Um, I, I'm just boggled by how much we're trading the information going through, and it's, it, it's just a constant learning process. And we are here in one of the Mighty Dogwood rooms with independent audio artist and audio producer and audio uh, all-around good gal, the lovely Diane Ballin. Diane Ballin, what is your particular function here at the National Audio Theater Festivals? I think I actually have the best job, which is to be the roving recordist, and I get to walk around with my recorder and collect sounds and do interviews and basically create a audio postcard of the week. And as the week accelerates, which everybody gets a little wild and nobody gets any sleep, and there's a lot of excitement toward the culmination of the show at, at the end of our 
week here. And I do return home to my home in Maine and mix the audio postcard. Now, this is something like your 10th, possibly even 11th time here. What keeps you coming back? I've actually forgotten how many times <laughs> I have been here. I, I, it is over 10 years, and I just absolutely love the people. And I'm talking the staff and the participants. There's an energy here that from the moment you step off the plane to when you are returning home that you receive from all of the uh, education and information and excitement and rapport with not only professionals, uh, people who are so interested in wanting to learn, and just it's, it's just really lovely to be able to um, share, say, what I know about digital editing with people who are just wanting to learn it. And I can say to them, well, yeah, I'll be recording all during the week and I'll be going to the workstation and editing. You can stop by any time. And that to me has been one of the highlights for me is to really have somebody just sit by and ask a bunch of questions and just be able to teach. And we're here at the Yellow House. The Yellow House is the community center here for uh, West Plains, Missouri. Uh, arts programs of all kinds happen here. And this is also our favorite hangout and performance space outside of the Civic Center. In just a little bit, we're going to hear from uh, Mr. Lucian Dodge, who is going to present his eight-minute one-man show. Right now, I have with me Meredith Ludwig, who is going to be directing the veterans piece known as Over There, Will you tell us a little bit about this piece? Well, I'd be glad to. It came about uh, with, uh, from an interest in veterans' activities and veterans... Uh, I think that through... Actually, it was a suggestion that, um, was, that came to us from the executive director at the time, Nanette. Yeah, yes. Nanette. And uh, she, I believe she really had wanted to do a veterans' piece, and... Steve D'Onofrio asked Eric Summers and I to team up and work on that and he had some students at the time up in New York and they did quite a few interviews and I did some in Missouri and we brought them together and he edited them and has been scoring some sound effects and music and unfortunately wasn't able to um, yes, unfortunately, Eric uh, contracted the flu, a pretty nasty case of it, but uh, it's in very capable hands, I understand. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, so we're, 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 we have a good cast. We are, it's a little bit different than other things that may have been done here in the past in that we're actually using the quotes from the veterans, and uh, we haven't really fictionized anything. This is just really a, an oral history piece that's been woven together. Now, I understand from uh, talking with Eric in the past that there was one group of veterans that was very, very difficult to get a hold of, and that was Vietnam veterans, that their stories were the toughest to tell. And he, uh, several months ago, at least, he found it very difficult to try and find any Vietnam stories. Are you going to incorporate Vietnam stories into this piece? Yes, we do. We found, we, we did end up with uh, several veterans, several mm -hmm. Vietnam vets, and... Uh, they are actually, uh, both of them, I think, quite vocal and have pretty strong things to say in the piece. You'll find that they're, that they're pretty pivotal and they have very definitely have strong feelings about it still to this day. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you very, very much. 
And so we've wrapped up an evening of spoken word, poetry. We have a little music going on right now here at the Yellow House. It's been a wonderful week thus far, and tomorrow it's going to get busy because we have our Q2Q of the live show featuring Darwin by Dwight Frizzell. We have Over There, and we have our Workshop 101 team doing The Black Cat adapted from Edgar Allan Poe. And there'll be a little bit of fun in the continuity pieces as well as we explain what makes radio theater, or if you will, audio theater, audio theater. On Friday, we go into our first of two tech runs that morning, the second one in the afternoon, and then we will be doing our show, and we will be streaming it live over KKDY. Again, that's KKDY starting approximately 7.30 Missouri time. Check your local listings. Uh, check your inter- uh, check the internet as well. Uh, KKDY for the live stream of our 2009 performance. So the only question now remains is... Why aren't you here? It's a great week, great people, a real family. We have wonderful folks like Richard Fish, uh, who has been coming out here for over 20 years. We have a very special guest, Kathy Garver, this year. Some of you probably remember her as Sissy from Family Affair. She's been in in films uh, ranging from The Ten Commandments to movies with Betty Davis when she was a child actress. Now she is a voiceover actress and an award-winning audiobook narrator. We're going to have some very special events happening next year, even more in 2011, the 30th anniversary of this program, which began when it was the Midwest Radio Workshop. We have a lot of great stuff coming. We want to see you here next year. Go check us out, www.natf.org. Again, www.natf.org. This is your man from UNCLE, or if you will, your man from NATF, Lance Roger Axt. Fred, I'm going to turn things back over to you. Number 88 with a bullet, Mr. Fred Greenhall. And Fred, we hope to see you back here next year as well. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you, Lance, and good luck with your live show on Friday. I know you all had fun down in there, Missouri. And if you stick around just a little bit longer past the end of the show, we are actually going to have a clip um, from one of those rehearsals. And with that, we are moving our focus now to the Mark Time and Ogle Awards uh, for the next few weeks. And congratulations to Julie Hoverson of 19 Nocturne Boulevard, whose work, The Outpost, won a gold Mark Time Award. Um, I also have to pat myself on the back for winning the gold Ogle Award for uh, Waiting for a Window. Mark Time is science fiction. Ogle is fantasy. Uh, very pleased about that and we'll be featuring waiting for window next week um would love to feature julie's piece however um you can get that on her website 19 nocturne boulevard.com the piece i'm going to feature today you can't actually get um anywhere else so that's why i figured i'd put it on here on radio drama revival it is the um silver mark time winner uh by our good friend roger Gregg of the crazy dog audio theater worked in tandem with the gaty school of acting to create the return of the bog man mummy um, you'll hear some Gaty School of Acting references. It's quite a lot of fun, and I, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, also, quick shout-out to um, Colonial Radio Theater, who won the Silver Ogle for their piece of Bradbury's The Halloween Tree. Uh, without further ado, though, let's get into Roger's piece, The Return of the Bog Man Mummy. And now, the Gaiety School of Acting proudly presents The Return of the Bog Man Mummy by Roger Gregg, starring the graduating class of 2008. 
Good evening. Come in. Pass through our portal. Yes, join us. We've been expecting you. The thin veil between dimensions is torn asunder. And the ancient spirits of the old ones enter our realm. The she, the puka, the leprechaun, the fairy, the good folk, banshees, hungry ghosts, thirsty spirits, night tremors. And little bugs. Yes, little bugs. So follow us as we lead you through the shadows in the dark marines of the Celtic imagination. Over the broken stone wall at the bottom of the boggy field of cinematic nightmares and out, out beyond the back of beyond. Tonight's creepy Celtic tale is a little monster movie entitled The Bogman Mummy. That's the return of the Bogman Mummy. Are you sure? Yes. It's not a sequel, you know. I know, but that's the title. Shh. The movie's starting. Oh, let me get to my seat there. Oh, it's my hands falling off. Here, just just touched just... my... Are you all right there, Brian? We'll leave off the furry hands until I get this headpiece on. That's it, Brian. Move the jaw of the headpiece over to align with your own face. Yes, that's good. Very scary. Now, snap the jaw. Very cool. Very scary. Something is wrong. I can't... I can't... What's that? I can't breathe. Have you the respirator in your mouth? The what? It's like a scuba mouthpiece thing. Scuba? Yes, you know, the thing you put in your mouth to breathe through. Oh, at the end of the air hole. Yeah, that's the thing. It should be inside your mask. You have it? Yes. Good. Can you breathe now? Yeah. It has enough air for half an hour or so. So, are we all ready to shoot the scene now? I don't want to stay inside this thing longer than I have to. Right, I think we're good to go if Randolph ever gets his act together. Randolph is an idiot. Yes, I know. Cut! Cut! Speak of the devil. Over here, Randolph! Getting Brian ready for his wolfman scene! I need you, cats! Now! Please. I have to go, Brian. You go there. I'm ready. You wait here till the signal. Right. Then I leap out of the wolf hunt. Excellent. At least you look right. Cut! Please! Sorry, Randolph. Where were you? Getting Brian into position. Remember you asked me? Uh, did I? Yes, on the way to the film set this morning. Oh, yes. Uh, so we're all set. We're all set. Okay, listen up, everyone. We're about to shoot the young lovers. Randolph? It's scene... Uh, scene... 22. Scene 22. Right, scene 22. Uh, just before Cindy and Johnny get torn apart by the werewolf. Uh, places, everyone. Randolph? Where's Brian? I can't see him in the fog. He's in position behind those trees, remember? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Brian! Brian! Randolph? Brian! Brian, hey, wolfman! What's wrong with him? He can't hear very well. What? Is he deaf now as well? He's in that big werewolf animatronic suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looks great, doesn't it? Love the snapping fangs. Did he show you? Yes, fantastic. Better be. Half a movie budget went in that costume. Gotta have a really scary monster in a really scary monster movie, you know? <laughs> that was brilliant. Did you hear me say that? Somebody should write that down. Gotta have a really scary monster in a really scary monster movie. Randolph, I think we need to hurry and shoot this scene. Brian's air supply is going to run out soon. Right. Uh, let's do it then. Randolph, please. Positions Everyone, let's go for it, people! Randolph? Candy, baby, what are you doing? You should be over in the shop with Rupert. It's your scene, your big scene. Yes, Randolph, my big scene. It's what I promised you at our, um, <clears throat> casting session in the hotel, remember? One big scene? Right, one big scene. So come on, get over there and let's do it. Wait, Randolph, it's just that I have some issues. Issues? What issues? Issues about my costume. Costume? Doesn't it fit? It's just that I feel as an actor, my direction in this scene is so, like, totally informed by my costume. Informed by your co- Hey, wait a minute, who told you this? Rupert? 
I might have known. And Rupert went and... to the Gaiety School of Acting, yes, I know. So do you think maybe this outfit is too much then? Too much? What? You want a smarter swimsuit? No, I just... Believe me, Candy, no one is going to walk out of this movie because you're bikini. But Rupert says my character's energy is channeled... Candy, if we go any smaller on the swimsuit... No, uh, we don't want nipples. Nipples? I wasn't thinking nipples. Can't do nipples. No nipples. And make a note. No nipples. Right, no nipples. At all? No, and not at all. Got that, everyone? No nipples! Well, what about Rupert, then? He takes his shirt off in this scene. So? We'll see his nipples. Right, he does have nipples, doesn't he? I can tape down my nipples. Or maybe if I just press them down like this. Get them to stay stuck in. No problem. I'm a trained actor from the game. school. Leave your alone. They're fine. Randolph, please. We're losing time. All right. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, That's enough with the nipples. All right, Rupert. Yes, Randolph? Uh, You lie down there. Right, like this? Yes, that's good. Okay. Now, Candy, you get in tight with Rupert there right beside him. Okay, wait. Makeup. Makeup! Yes? Yes? Yes, Randolph? Can we get Kenny to glisten in the moonlight here? Like she's all wet with sweat or something. Right. Well, we can spray her with water, or we can rub her down with oil. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Me? Yeah, you're the makeup person, right? Right. Well, Randolph, water will glisten and drip, more like natural sweat, while body oil will give an even gloss, which will also last. We learned to use oil in the Gaiety School. Really? Oh, yes, they taught us everything. I wish I went to acting school. It's great. You make new friends with funny hairdos and everything. That sounds great. It is, and you get your own cubby hole to put stuff in. Wow. Leotards, tap shoes, that kind of thing. Okay, okay, uh, makeup. I have a name, you know. Right, uh, whatever. It's Bernadette. Oh, let's get candy oiled up. All right, Candy, stand up, please. Like this? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> Cover her good now. Nice and oily. Just hold steady. <laughs> there, Randolph. She glossy enough? Excellent. That's what we want. Okay, then, Candy. You can get back into position next to Rupert on the blanket. Is my chest still pumped enough? It's fine, Rupert. Because if you want, a few quick presses and my... No, 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 you're good to go. Can we start now? I think Brian's getting anxious. Right, uh, okay. Uh, Now, Rupert, uh, Candy, uh, get into character. Uh, You in character? I am. See, this big smile? That's not really me. That's my character. Great. I'm ready, and I know all my lines, too. Will I do them now? No, uh, do your lines in the scene. And remember to say each of your lines one at a time? One at a time? Yes, not all connected together in one long speech. Oh, like I did in rehearsal. Right, not like that. Right. So, uh, Kaz, are are we rolling? We're rolling. Okay, uh, let's go. Scene 22, Wolfman attack scene. Take one. And action! Oh, gee, Cindy, this place sure is swell. Yes, yes it is, Johnny. No one can see us here. In this little field... All alone? Yes, just you and me, alone. Oh my, isn't that romantic? Yes. That big full moon up in the sky. We know now that our final exams are over. And even though it's so foggy tonight, it's still so warm. We won't see each other all the summer. It's so atmospheric here. So this is our last chance to... Yes, doesn't it make you just want to... Take off all our clothes. What? Oh, please, Candy. Cindy. Uh, Cindy, right, Cindy. Oh, Cindy, I love you. Oh, you and I being here together. Oh, do you, Johnny? Oh, yes. I feel the same way. Do you? Oh, yes. I love being here in Ireland. What? Ireland, Johnny. 
This time spent studying in Ireland. Oh, yes, of course. Studying in Ireland, learning stuff. It, it sure been neat swell, gosh. Oh, gosh, yes. It's been such a magical year. Getting to know my roots, reconnecting with my living cultural traditions. Drinking every night. Downgrading my vocabulary with swear words. Feck. Bollocks. Oh. Arse. Saying fillet instead of fillet. My grandmother used to go on and on about nothing but how wonderful Ireland was. She was Irish? No, Italian. Oh. But she loved Ireland. Don't ask me why. All the medication, maybe. Why, see? Ah, oh, the drunken brawls every night, throwing bottles at passing cars, pissing in laneways. Well, they do do that a lot. Who? Oh, the Irish. I was talking about my grandmother. Oh. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. What? Kiss me. Oh, candy, candy, candy. Oh, oh my. We shouldn't. Not now. Not here. Oh, but this is the perfect place. A foggy night. Even the boggy ground here is soft and soggy. See, it's like a waterbed almost. You won't scrape your knees like last time. Oh, oh. Mm. oh Johnny, Johnny. Take me. Oh, yes. Take me. Oh, oh yes. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. What's what? That strange noise. I didn't hear anything. Huh? There it is again. You're hearing things. No, I tell you, I heard it. Like an animal howling. Probably just one of the cows in the next field. No, it was more like a dog. A dog. A big, big dog. Well, whatever it was, it's gone now. Come on, let's make out with wild abandon, passionate kissing, and liberal applications of body lotion. Oh, you're right. I'm being silly, aren't I? Yes, yes, you are. Cut! Kill the lights! Stop everything! Was I over-emoting, Randolph? An issue with my nipples, perhaps. What? Uh, no, you're fine. You're, you're both fine. Kaz! Kaz, are you crazy? Randolph, I'm sorry, but something terrible has happened. You're telling me you just ruined the scene. No, no, it's Brian! Exactly! Where the hell is Brian? Oh Where's our wolfman? Brian, beautiful, sweet Brian, he's, he's dead! What? He's dead! His air supply ran out. This is all your fault, Randolph! Does this mean we're finished shooting for tonight, Randolph? Yes, Rupert, I think we can safely say it's a wrap. Just so you know, I think dying on the set is really unprofessional. Not now, Rupert. They never let us get away with pulling a stunt like that at the Gady School of Acting. Sutton would revive us just so he could kill us again. Can I get up now and put my clothes back on? Yes, Candy, I think we're finished here. Come on. I can't, you silly. Why can't you? You know why. No, I don't know why. You're holding my leg really, really tight. I'm not holding your leg. Well, someone is holding me by the leg. Really? Yes. Someone is grabbing onto my leg with their cold and clammy and mucky hands. Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh, yes, I see. Hmm. That is rather odd. Oh, yes, it is quite clammy and mucky. It must have rigor mortis. What has rigor mortis, Rupert? The shriveled corpse that has burst up through the bog and is holding on to you. Oh. Ah, ah, get it off me! It's hideous! Whoa! Now that's scary. That's the kind of scary monster we need in this movie. That's two dead bodies to deal with so far in tonight's tale. Two dead bodies, did you say? Yes, that's what... 
You mean... Well, we'll have to keep watching to find out in part two of our monstrous motion picture, The Return of the Bogman Mummy. So what's going to happen? Well, I think we'll skip ahead in our story and find out. Excellent. Two private eyes are about to be hired by concerned parties. Ooh, sounds great. Oh, would you like some more popcorn? No, shh. Quiet. The second bit is starting. Excuse me, just let me slip past you there to just my get seat. get off me. Move oh, along. Oh, I, you've sorry, got it all oh, over me. What the hell are you Oh, my doing? hand has fallen off again. Watch out, I think a piece of my nose is You are so unprofessional. You're not the boss of me. I am, because you're my sidekick. We're partners. No, Matt. You're my sidekick. But I'm Matt Griffin. You work for me, remember? I'm the private eye packing a big punch in big shoes. But my sidekick with the big punch in the big shoes never takes off his trench coat. So? So, maybe he's afraid to take off his trench coat. Hey, I can take off my trench coat anytime I want to. Yeah? Yeah, just watch. I'll take it off right now. Go on. I will. Go on, I dare you. Wait a minute, this is a trick. Ha, I knew it. You can't, can you? I... Get the door, will you? Why me? Just because I'm your sidekick? No, because you're standing right next to it. Yeah, yeah. Come in, it's open. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we... Um... What my colleague is trying to say is, hello, aren't you Dr. Roach? Yes, yes, Dr. Ackett, I, uh, hello. 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 Hi. This is Dr. Brandon Roach, and I'm his colleague, Dr. Vona Hackett. Doctors, eh? Yes. Got anything for a cough? We're not those kind of doctors. Oh. No, these are scientists, Matt. They don't help people. That's right. Dr. Roach and Dr. Hackett are working at the Advanced Interdisciplinary Forensic Science Laboratories, and they need our help. Most impressive, Miss O'Casey. You see, Dr. Roach, how's that for a demonstration of the amazing powers of deduction? But, Doctor, you I told you there is something to these private eye types. But I spoke... But what, Brendan? Uh, Dr. Roach? I spoke at Miss O'Casey only an hour ago. You did? You instructed me, Dad, Doctor, to set up an appointment. When? During our last <coughs> discussion. During our discussion? Well, just after our discussion, when I was putting back on my shoes. Let's, let's not discuss that. No, you're right. Not now. Later. Later, of course, Doctor. Yes, Doctor. Yes. Discuss what? What are we talking about? The case. Of course. Our interdisciplinary science team needs your help. What team? Our institute has gathered together the leading experts in many fields, including forensics and DNA analysis. Geneticists, biologists. Pathologists, phrenologists. Horologists, a pedicurist. And the Munster Senior Badminton Champion. Big group. Yes, it's a think tank. And how are things in the tank? A very nice. There's a coffee machine. But you're not here about the coffee machine. Precisely, Miss O'Casey. We need you to help us find something. Something or someone? Someone. Something not easily explained. Try. Very well. Are you familiar with mummification? Mummies? Like Egyptians? Not necessarily, Mr. Griffin. There are different types of mummy. Some mummies are intentional. But others are the result of natural processes. Such as sinking in a bog. A bog? Several weeks ago, in a foggy, soggy bog in the Glen of Glen de Glen down in Munster, a monster movie was being made about a... A mummy, right? A mummy monster movie in Munster. Not a monster mummy monster movie. A wonderfully weird werewolf movie. A wonderfully weird werewolf movie? They were shooting a scene when one of the actors came across a rather unusual find. Or rather, it came across her... A hand, a hand, a human hand reaching up out of the bog like this in a cloud. Brendan, Dr. Roach, please. So 
a human hand found in the bog. And the rest of him connected to the hand. Really? A whole body buried in a bog. A corpse, eh? A murder victim. So they thought. A body was found, so the guardie were brought in. But after the pathological examination, we were called. Why you? Because, Miss O'Casey, this body was carbon dated and discovered to be from Ireland's Neolithic age. You mean like when Newgrange was built? Yes. Over 6,000 years ago. So naturally, we took the specimen to our laboratory, where we began a round of intrusive experiments. In an airtight, germ-free chamber. It was then that the real significance of the find became apparent. How so? What I'm about to tell you defies every law of known science. And many unknown ones as well. After thawing out the specimen, we discover that the mummy is... Is... Yes? He's... He is a what? He's... Alive! He's alive! Don't Calm down! Stop this display. Wow, 6,000-year-old cork man from Cork. Dr. Roach, you can forget about any more discussions this week. Fauna, I just couldn't hold it in any longer. How many times have I heard that before? That's not fair the last well, time. Well, you see what last time... Doctor, please, let's not argue. So why are you here? There is no murder. A murder, no. But something else. You mean... Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I actually don't know what we're talking about. Our mummy was... Kidnapped! Mummy-napped! Napped! Dr. Roach for the last time! I'm sorry, everyone. A doctor. How did it happen? One night, we placed him in his cage next to Caesar. The Roman emperor? No, Caesar the chimpanzee. He's our guinea pig. A monkey is your guinea pig. Caesar is our lab animal. We do tests on him. With probes. Right. As I was saying, we put the mummy in a cage. And in the morning, there he was, gone. He was distressed during his time with us. Didn't like the probes. I see. Caesar doesn't like probes either. Dr. Roach, we do not sympathise with our lab animals. Sorry, Vona. Doctor. Doctors, I want you both to get comfortable. Why? Are you going to counsel us? Is it about our relationship? Because I don't... Devona, give her a chance. If they can have a healthy relationship, so can we. I don't even want to talk to you. Why, that's what it's about time we start to talk. We're not going to work on your relationship or anyone's relationship. We're going to do some regression hypnosis. Get the lights, Matt. Right. It's very dark now. Yes, it is. Now... You're both feeling very relaxed and very calm. Yes, I am relaxed. I also am relaxed. Good. So here we go now. Travelling back. Travelling back. And now, just like in the movies, we all flash back. Flash back. Back to the days leading up to the disappearance of the mummy. Let's relive those memories and hopefully we'll see some clues that will help us solve this mystery. Flashback. Now, it's last week and you're back in the lab. Entering sterile laboratory, zone one. All of our plumbing is very susceptible to blockages. If you are using toilet paper to dry your hands, please dispose of it in the bins provided and not down the toilet. Oily makeup also blocks the sinks, so please be careful of this also. It is not very hygienic to leave your toothbrushes in here. If you need to brush your teeth here, can you store your toothbrushes in your locker? Good morning, Caesar. How are you today, boy? Sorry, it's not time for your bananas yet. 
Okay, Doctor. The specimen will soon be pliable enough for probing. Are you in your airtight rubber suit? Yes, Doctor. I'm in my suit. And so are you. Oh, Vona. You're beautiful. Doctor! Oh, Doctor! Don't probe. You're agitating Caesar. Oh, Oh, Doctor! Doctor! Oh, say it, please. All right. Applying pressure. To the... Probe. Oh, probe. Doctor. Oh. Brandon, please. Not now. Stop. Stop. Please. Oh. Someone's coming. Oh. It's just Caesar. He wants a banana. No. It's Dr. Goodbody. On our way in. Oh, yes. Yes. You're right. Good morning, doctors. <clears throat> oh, are you busy? Oh, Hello, Dr. Goodbody. Dr. Roach was just helping me adjust the airtight seal on my rubber suit. <clears throat> just adjusting her suit. Oh, well, yes. Dr. Roach, may I remind you that the mummy is ready for probing? <clears throat> <laughs> well, just say the word, doctors. I'm ready to assist with the examination. Good. Then let us proceed. Dr. Roach and I will put on our helmets and enter the chamber while you, Dr. Goodbody, stay in the control room with Caesar and monitor the computers. As you wish, Doctor. (laughs) Helmets on. My helmet is now on. My helmet is also now on. (laughs) Then let us begin. Open the chamber door, Dr. Goodbody. Yes, Doctor. Opening the chamber door. We are now entering the chamber. I also am entering the chamber. Door closed. We will now examine the specimen. The subject is male, approximately 5'10", reddish-brown hair. The skin is very wrinkled. Like a raisin. A raisin? Yes, like a giant raisin. No, doctor. Yes? No, sorry, I meant Dr. Roach. Yes? Please conduct the pliability test to determine the flexibility. Yes, doctor. I'm bending the specimen's arm now. Careful. Easy now. That's it. Very good. Now let's try his lower body. Bending his leg. Good. Now his other leg. Now back again. Please record that at 10.21am, this specimen is now fairly thawed. Yes, doctor. Fairly thawed. Putting his left foot in. Putting his right foot in. (laughs) Sorry, what was that? Now making him stick his finger in his eye. I beg your pardon? Now making him look like he's slapping himself. This is neat. Doctors, please, what are you doing in there? (laughs) Dr. Hackett, please make him stop. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. Stop, doctor. Oh, I'm sorry, Fiona. Doctor. Let us proceed with the biopsy examination. Of course. Do you have the probe? The probe? Yes. The probe. I'm sorry, Doctor. I didn't catch that. 
Nothing, Dr. Goodbody. Dr. Roach merely wished to know which probe to use. How about this one? Yes, the big drill. That will do. Let's remove a sample from his stomach and see what he had for his last meal. Very well. Yes, doctors. 10.26 a.m., the first incision. <laughs> this drill is lowering onto the mummy's stomach. We have contact. 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 <laughs> Applying pressure. Applying pressure. Applying pressure. <laughs> the skin is very leathery. I think we should have left it in the oven longer. Nonsense. Apply more pressure. Applying more pressure. More pressure. <laughs> <laughs> We had a 6,000-year-old living mummy in our lab. The chance for so many, many experiments, measurements, tests. Clipboards, paper slippers over our shoes. Sample vials, smears, swabs. Big jars with lids. And what happened to Dr. Goodbody? She objected most strongly to the testing. So I fired her. She made a big scene. Last week at the special symposium of scientists. Show us what happened. Take us there now. you all please put away your crisps, gummy sweets, and your soft drinks. Thank you. A most esteemed doctors, professors, intellectuals, people with more than five letters after their names, we are gathered here this evening to present to you the most important find ever. We present a specimen of the ancient past, long buried in a cork bog and thought dead, but in fact, very much alive. Behold the return of the Bogman Mummy! Quick, pull that curtain, Brandon. Gaze upon him! restrained by those chains. You're hurting him! Can't you see he's in pain? <laughs> Dr. Goodbody and Caesar the Chimpanzee, you should know that compassion has no place whatsoever in medical science. He is a human being with feelings, emotions, hopes, dreams. He might even be interested in Georgian architecture for all you know. <laughs> yes, that's right or seeing others of his species naked. My colleagues, this microchip you see me holding is a cerebral voxtronic language and cultural neural translator. 
There is one just like it implanted in our subject's cerebral cortex. And, once we activate it, it will enable the mummy to speak the modern English equivalent of his ancient language, right down to the smallest detail. Uh, has anyone seen the remote to turn this on? Wait, I have to hear, Doctor. Oh good, I'm always losing that. Please, activate the translator. Activating neural translator. This may take a few moments as the translator sends a neural net surging through the language centre of the mummy's brain. Oh yes, it's also quite painful. Why are you torturing him? You callous buffoon! Sometimes I think you are a bad monkey, Caesar. For the last time, please be silent or we will have the both of you removed. The neural net is complete. The subject is ready to speak. Quiet, everyone! This is the greatest moment in the history of science. Shh! The mummy shall speak. Give us a fag there, will you, boy? You. You. You're doing me head in. Look at me hands there, boy. I'm shaking. I... I... What's wrong with you? Just give us five there, will you? Give him the pack of cigarettes, Dr. Roach. Yes. Here you are. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's good, you know. Jeez, I was coming for a fag there. Oh, come here to me now. Yes. There's a couple of things, like, that have to get sorted. Yes. You know, like, what's the story with this thing you have me wearing? That's a hospital gown. In fairness, like, I can't be going around like this. Why? Why? Me air sticks out the back, that's why. See? Look at that! <laughs> yes, I see. Let him go! Can't you see he wants to be free? He's a man! A court man, but still a man! <laughs> You're fired. Security, please remove Dr. Goodbody and put Caesar back in his cage. Dr. Goodbody, you are a disgrace to your clipboard. And Caesar, bananas or no bananas, you are a bad monkey. So that is what happened. Yes. And the next morning... His little cage was empty. Our mummy was gone. And so was Caesar. So two private eyes are hired to find the missing Bogman mummy. A living Bogman mummy from County Cork. Yes. But how to find him among all the other Corkmen? For this, they would have to seek guidance from a psychic source. A psychic medium, you mean? Yes. I mean a medium by the name of Madame Zelda Kapowski. Zelda Kapowski and her crystal ball. Let's watch part three of our monster movie and see the psychic getting ready for another consultation. <laughs> Shh, quiet. 
Stop shushing me. Who made you the boss anyways? I placed the envelope inside this wooden box. Right? Remember? Yeah. Now, where are you at this stage? This isn't a trick question, Larry. Where are you always during my consultations? Oh, I'm under the table. Right. You are hiding under the table. Now, I put the money in the envelope, put the envelope with the money in it inside the box. Then I do the incantation mumbo-jumbo shite. I use the foot pedal to trigger the sounds. And that's when what happens? It gets loud, scary and dark. Yes, it gets loud, scary and dark. And during this, what happens? What do you do? I reach up through into the box's trick button. Good, good. And then? I take out the envelope with the real money. Right, and then? Put it in the other envelope with the cut-up newspaper. Right. It's called a what, Larry? Uh... A switch, Larry. I somehow think our psychic is a complete fake. Quite right, my friend. She is a fake. Or was. So what happens? Watch and see. I can't. You're in the way. Well, move over then. Why don't you move? I was here first. I am... Um, that's it. Right, I thought you liked my Amy Wise. I do like you, but why did I... Now, are you both sitting comfortably? I'm sorry, I've forgotten your names again. I'm Matt. Maeve. Matt and Maeve. It's Maeve and Matt. What? Matt works for me. Hey. Very well then. Maeve and Matt... Let us join hands around the table here. The lights are down, and we sit in darkness. In a moment, I will make contact with the spirits on the other side. I must warn you, there may be sights and sounds, special lighting effects. Things may be tossed across the room. The table may rise and shake. But no matter what happens, do not release each other's hands and never, never look beneath the table. Do you understand? Yes. Sure. Okay then. Now, what do you wish to be revealed to you here tonight? It's two in the afternoon. Whatever. It is always night when dealing with the spirit world. We're looking for someone. A man. Ah, yes. A missing loved one, of course. No, we don't love him. We never even met him. I see. So, a missing man. Then let us begin. I am sinking. Sinking into a deep trance. I am contacting the other side. I said, I am contacting the other side. Ah, yes. There it is. Please pay attention, other side. 
Sorry, Zelda. I couldn't breathe. Oh! <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going on? No! Don't look beneath the table! Grab him, Matt! Get away! Come pick up here, man! Get back here! Get off of you! Get off of you! Get off of you! Get You're a fake, Zelda Kapowski. But I had no idea this man was there. Yeah, right. You can cut out that cheesy monster movie accent. The jig is up. All right, all right. You know, it's quacks like you that give all the other quacks a bad name. Wait, wait. What's happening? Zelda, I'm fluent. Nice try, Kapowski. But you can turn off the special effects machine. Yeah, you're not fooling anybody. But, but I'm not doing anything. I swear, it's not me. It's not me either. No, no, no. Stop, stop. Uh, this is genuine. Believe me. I'm dead? Am I dead? This is dead, right? Hello? Hello? Is, is this thing on? <gasps> Hey, look at the crystal ball! There's a guy appearing in it! It's like that Auntie M bit from the Wizard of Oz! Hello? It's a spirit appearing from Hello? the other side! Hello? Hello, it's me, Brian! Brian? Who's Brian? Hello? I don't know. The last thing I remember, I was in my Wolfman costume, waiting for my cue to jump out, and then I remember getting faint as my air supply ran out. Then I was heading toward a big white light, and then I... Brian! Brian! Oh, holy God, just look at you! Man! Ah, oh, come here to me! Gran, it's you! Yes, it's me! Who else would it be, Sean? I don't know, I thought maybe God or something. What's that I hear about you being dead? Yeah, Gran, I just died, I think. Oh, that's a pity. Are you your prime as well? There's nothing for it. No, I guess not. You live and learn. Die and learn, you mean? That's right. And what is that you're wearing? Oh, it's my Wolfman costume. Costume? Fancy dress? No, Gran, I'm an actor. Actor? Yeah, an actor. I was playing a wolfman in a wolfman movie. Acting. Acting? What kind of a life is that? Well, it's not any kind of life anymore. True. It's funny, though. Funny? Oh, how things turn out. I spent all those years in the Gaty School learning to tap dance, pronounce my T's properly, showing up on time to keep Pat happy. Oh, Pat! All wasted now. Three months out of acting school and I suffocate to death in my first movie gig. Ah, you big crap! This is very, very strange. Very strange. Yes, indeed. The spirits of the dead are talking to each other. Can you make contact with them? I... I don't know. Perhaps... Well, try. We need their help. All right, then. I'll approach the apparitions in my crystal ball and seek their help. Oh, Zelda! It's all right, Larry. I've faked this a million times. <coughs> Hello? Hello? Spirits of the dead? Do you hear your brain? What, Gran? Like a voice. A woman with a funny accent from far, far, far away. Hello? There she is again. Yes, Gran. Hello? Spirits of the other side, can you help us? Oh, oh holy God, bless us, it saves It's a giant woman's face staring in at us. Oh, you can see me? Yes, we can see you. 
Please, we need your help. Oh, William, leave us rest in peace. Yeah, can't you see we're dead? No, please. Tell them we need to find a missing person. Missing person? Can you help us find him? No, you're on the wrong channel. What? You'll have to switch over. Switch over? Yes, there's a button somewhere in front of the crystal ball. If it's a new one, it might have a remote. I don't know, but saying that you're here, maybe I'll find a wooden spoon and we can bring back your childhood memories. Oh, not the wooden spoon, Brad. Okay, find the button on the crystal ball and switch over. Oh, yes. Here's a button. It's funny, I never noticed it before. Just switch over. Yes, of course. Look, it's some kind of tribe. Yes, New Age Travellers. Crusties with manky dreadlocks. They're all dancing around some kind of man. It must be him. Who? The man we're looking for? He looks kind of funny. Quiet. Let's see what's going on. Nature, nature, nature is good. Nature, nature, nature is good. Mother Earth's organic. We seek your harmony. Take time to smell the flowers and stop to hug a tree. To heal our polluted world, we know what we must do. Get your nipples pierced with rings and have your eyes tattooed. Get your nipples pierced with rings and have your eyes tattooed. Then swim with a dolphin and don't step on. Natural one, give us the word! Feck off! Yes, I hear your anger, man! You rage because you see what's become of Mother Earth in the last 6,000 years! Respect to that! What? I haven't seen anything except you lot dancing for the past three days and nights. Give it a break, lads, in fairness! These people are a nature cult, my friend. <laughs> That's right. Caesar and I brought you here because I thought you'd feel more at home with them. You what? Are you mad? You hear that? <laughs> They're having it up in three days. Don't you people ever sleep? And what's that smell? We're sorry if the drums offend you. Jesus, me nerves. Give us a fag there, will you, boy? Yes, so enlightened one. Have a rolly. What's with the rollies? The manufactured cigarettes are made by the multinationals corporations, man. And like, they have artificial chemicals in them. These are natural. Oh, is that so? Lan. Please, man, like, share the message with us. The what? The true path. <laughs> 
They want to know about your life in terms of your intimate harmony with the natural elements. Oh, da? Yeah, sure. Just get them to stop the drumming. Stop the drums! The Ancient One is going to speak! Tell us of the ancient times! The secrets of the stone circles! Could you get any decent gear back then? Did you grow your own? Which animal is your spirit guide? Is it a wolf? It's a wolf, right? Can you like sound my healer CD? Can I drink your urine? You what? Ooh, yeah. Urine! Yeah. That's purifying medicinal properties! Yeah. Yeah, can man. I drink it? Oh, can I? Shut up! Do you want to listen or don't you? Yes. Okay then, I'll tell you now. Life long, long ago, back then, was. Manky? Manky? What? Manky, you know? Rotten? Right, I get it. You mean rotten like biodegradable, organic compost recycling. No! That's not it at all! Life was shy! Desperate altogether! What? What are you looking at? You want the truth, didn't you? What he tells us does not fit in with our idealised beliefs about our utopian past. Therefore, he must be a fake! A fake! He's genuine, I tell you. <laughs> That's right, he's been carbon dated. He's an agent of globalism sent here to challenge our self-righteous bullshit with facts. God, I hate that. Mm. For nature is always good. <laughs> nature is good. Nature is good. You all have your head up your arses. You are fictitious for a game of soldiers. I must. I'm going to go berserk if you all don't need me. Fuck the eaters. My teeth in the tree are Wait, my friend. Wait, come back. Oh, Caesar, what have we done? Yes, yes, What's happening? The picture is gone. We've lost contact. No, no! How are we ever going to find him? Yes, so another clue falls into place. But still not the whole story. What is the whole story? Would you like to know? Yes, I just asked you. All right, then. Just watch the next part of our motion picture and see what horrors happen next. The mummy took a bath? Oh, yes, he took a bath. Why a bath? I don't know. He felt like it. Showers are always better in movies. You can do that psycho thing in the shower. You know, where the curtain gets yanked back and there's a scream and then you see blood whirling down the drain. Yes, I'm aware of the scene, but he's in the bath. That's a good two in movies. You know what about the old naked woman in The Shining? No, not as scary as the psycho shower scene. You know nothing about films. The old lady is it just gross and nobody ten. dies. At least in Psycho, the woman actually gets killed. You look like the woman in the bath. Oh, that's just low. Oh, my God.
inside the booth. You know what happened last time. Right. Step on it, Rupert. Don't worry. I learned stunt driving in the Gaiety School of Acting. See? Oh, this is so exciting. The mummy looks absolutely horrific. I told you he's fantastic. He'll hardly need any makeup. Just a light base and maybe some lip gloss. We're going to have the scariest looking monster ever. Like I said, you got to have a really scary monster in a really scary monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> So that ends our monster movie. You mean the whole time this has been... Exactly. A movie. About a movie. Within a movie. I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? No, no, I'm sorry it doesn't work for me. What do you mean it doesn't work? It's way too high concept. What do you mean high concept? I mean surreal. So? The Irish can't handle surreal. What are you talking about? We invented surreal. Our real is surreal. Surreal is the only real we have. Our greatest stories have all been surreal, starting with Cullen, Finn McCool, Gulliver's Travels, Finnegan's Wake, Flann O'Brien, all surreal. Yeah, but no one goes in for that anymore. They want gritty Norse side stories about Norse siders grounding around the Norse side, doing what all Norse siders do, play in soul bands, shoot heroin, go joyriding, and say feck all the time. Oh, give me a break. It's true. Just sit down and watch the movie trailer. What movie trailer? This movie trailer. It's coming to a cinema near you. A monster movie you may not wish to see. Because it's so freaking scary. Come on, Candy, let's make out. Not now, Johnny. Why? Why not? I feel there's something watching us. Something evil. Brought to you by the Gaiety School of Acting and featuring all the talents of the graduating class of 2008. We are all under the mommy's curse and will die one by one in this house. Featuring the amazing talents of Andy Crow and Esther DiMaggio and Steve Cash. I want to get out of here! We can't! The door is locked! It's too late! The mommy walks among us! With David Farrell, Kieran Fowles, and Aoife Coughlin. He's not an animal, he's a living being! <laughs> Give him the banana now! Also starring Rebecca Grimes, Jill Harding, and Charlie Murphy. <sighs> that creature will never catch me. How can you say that? 
Because he'll be slipping in my trail of shite, that's why. Come on! With Harley Humdahl, Brian Hutton, and Emer Morris. Do not go down into the cellar. Right, you all wait here while I go down in the cellar. Featuring also Lola Kingerly, Keith Ward, and Tristan McConnell. You're dripping blood and gore everywhere! I swear you're worse than a bad penny! I bury it, and you know sooner under the ground that you come popping back up again! Now, where's my spade? Uh, I don't want to be buried! You do what you're bloody way tall! Patrick Rutschlin, Shannon Ryan, and Michael Wallace. Doctor, are you mad? Put down that banana. Probe. Together with Chris Sutton and Melanie Valenzuolo. I never wanted to die in here. I wanted to die out there. Our sound engineer is Mark McGraw. What was in that brownie? I'm hallucinating. You're not hallucinating, man. It's really there. The Return of the Bogman Mummy was written, directed, and produced by Roger Gregg. Oh, Johnny, he's breaking through the door! Quick, Candy, hand me the axe! <laughs> this has been a production of the Gaiety School of Acting. <laughs> Find out more at gaietyschool.com. We're ready for your close-up now, Mr. Murphy. Uh, thanks, love. How do I look? Really, really scary. Brilliant then, so are you coming? Okay, here comes our monster. Places everyone. And action! And that was The Return of the Bogman Mummy by Roger Gregg in the Gaiety School of Acting. In case you were wondering what Roger has been up to, he's currently putting on a live stage show of the Jerry Murphy poetry adaptations again. If you don't know what those are, uh, check out uh, just a blog entry went up this week on Jerry Murphy poetry. Uh, next week, we'll be revisiting my Gold Ogle Award-winning production, Waiting for a Window. Then I'm headed off to Minneapolis, Minnesota, pick up the award. I'll be talking with the Mark Time guys, Brian Price and Jerry Stearns, uh, to possibly be in their production. We'll see, as well as featuring some of their stuff and talking about um, talking about their work with mark time so between then and now you can hear more by checking out the blog at radiodramarevival.com you'll of course find a link to subscribe to the podcast as well as archives of previous episodes that are organized by artists genre and region of the world also find reviews the in-depth malleus series by chris duker my new column called fred's fuse focuses on whatever is playing on my favorite non-ipod audio device uh, this week we're featuring a highlight of the wireless theater company and while you're there why not join the conversation and leave a comment or two you can also find the show on itunes search for radio drama revival and that wraps that up for this week radio drama revival is produced by fred greenhalge theme music by roger gregg copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers but do please share the podcast as much as you'd like Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio across the airwaves at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio station, and his podcast as an endeavor by myself at radiodramarevival.com. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. And to close out today, we have a clip from one of the National Audio Theater Festival's rehearsals. Again, this is Care of Lanced Axed. I uh, hope you enjoy. Schizo. Yep, uh, this looks like the place.
voice over. I, I believe I have an appointment with you. Nice sober. Nice sober. No, no, I don't believe I. Oh, oh yes, yes, the patient, of course. Oh, please come in. I, you'll have to forgive me. I, I seem to have misplaced my forget-me-not pills and have temporarily lost my bearings. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe I should come back another. No, please sit down right over there. I insist. Oh, okay. Oh. Aha! Is this the right pill? Absolutely nothing, <laughs> except uh, I give me a bad case of hiccups. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, we'll press on. Uh, so, uh, uh, Mr. Voiceover, uh, Roy Silver, right, Boy Grover, uh, tell me what the problem is. Well, for the longest time I've had these voices inside my head, just, just this endless racket, people clamoring about, all shouting and laughing and crying. I, I haven't had a good night's sleep in about a year, Doc. Mm, I see. Oh, is there anything you can do? Uh, well, uh, the ideal position would be for me to be able to talk to these voices in your head so I can diagnose their origin and eventually lead to exercising them once and for all. Uh, uh, let me just uh, strap you in, then. <laughs> Ow! Hey, why are you to strap me out in? Oh, well. You can uh, never be too careful in a, a situation like this. Uh, now, uh, I swallow this. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not taking any of your pills. No, no, no. Absolutely no. Oh. <coughs> Damn you. You just shoved that thing down my throat. Oh, well, I've got half a mind to. I've got. I've got. It's really hard for me to work up the courage to ask a girl out. I've had so 
such bad times of it in the past. Uh, this one time, there was this really good-looking girl at the grocery store, and nice, firm butt, long hair. So, so I managed to get the courage to walk over and say, <clears throat> uh, excuse, excuse me, uh, you're the most attractive girl I've seen today. I, I was wondering if you might like to do dinner? Uh, I was feeling pretty good about myself. That is, until she turned around and it turned out she was a guy. So I'm at the grocery store picking out some hand cream because, you know, my skin is very sensitive. And suddenly there's this guy behind me asking me out to dinner. So I did what any male of my type would do in that situation. I turned around, looked him right in the eyes, and said, Only Fugo Ponderosa, their buffet is to die for. Well, I've been married to my husband, Harold, for more than 40 years now. Of course, we have our ups and downs, so what marriage doesn't? The important thing is that we know each other's boundaries. I know not to interrupt Harold in the middle of one of his golf games, and he knows not to interrupt me during my Martha Stewart marathons. The darkness will come. Civilizations will crumble with a single breath. The omnipotent ruler of this world. The very first thing I shall do upon my everlasting reign is to create some massive horde of petting zoos. <laughs> I love life. I, I don't know about you, but I get so euphoric. I start to giggle. But when someone tells me a joke, I laugh twice as hard. Here, let me tell you one. Let me tell you one. What do you call a sleeping cow? Hmm? A bulldozer! Those people are loonier than a French moon. <laughs> what does 
person in the right mind would ever do that. Uh, <laughs>